0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. one he told them this fan into flame <laughs> speaking of that gift that is available that gift that is within you fan it into flame and when i think of that the word practice does come to mind it's there it's already there it just you need to stir it up a little bit or fan it into flame i like that fanning in flame king james says stir it up but Fan it into flame. Practice. So it's a little gloomy outside today, but it. Well, whether it's all right or not, we're going to do it. We're going to practice today. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. It may be gloomy outside, but we're not going to get we're not going to relax on our laurels. <laughs> this is real. God is real. The spirit of God is so real. And so I'm going to ask you not to get comfortable today. Okay? And and four times. We're going to do it four times. Just giving some instruction. Laying down some groundwork for what God is doing and what God is going to do. And we'll see it in Scripture. I quoted it this morning. I know you're standing. Just bear with me for a little bit. It'd be worth it. Psalms 119 verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It does not matter how gloomy it may seem or how dark it may appear God's word is truth God's word illuminates God's word shines brightly So it don't it no matter how dark it may seem truth is in the house God's word will be spoken and these are words of life and words that will heal Words that will deliver. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So here, here, we'll practice one time, and four times it's coming. We're going to see it in Scripture, the pattern, the pattern, the pattern in Scripture, that that there's power in praise. God is always worthy. And, And something happens... When there's praise, go ahead and be seated for a second. Has anyone here ever been in a high faith service where someone has used a faith trigger? Okay, let me explain. Um, For instance, I know a man rather well (laughs) who will speak a message of faith, truth of God's word, and then at the climax of it, he, he will go ahead and, okay, here's what we're gonna do. He gives instruction, and, and God's gonna move in a mighty way, but what we're gonna do, he'll give this instruction. We're all gonna stand, we're all gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna say as loud as we can, Hallelujah. Anyone ever hear this before? Three times, Hallelujah. And the third time, as loud as you can, in unison, in harmony, We're going to say it again and just break out in worship. That may cause some of us to question and wonder, is it a little weird? I'm going to say, no, you're practicing. You're practicing. I'm not going to do that. Hallelujah. (laughs) It's called a faith trigger, and Brother Hoffman spoke of it at camp this year, and He's all for it. And, and then he went on to explain and talk about it a little bit and he didn't operate in it either. He's just saying that there's something to it. Right. And we're going to go to scripture here in a moment and that faith trigger is going to manifest itself four times. Okay? What we, we're going to take the word and apply the word. We're going to take, or perhaps we're going to take ourselves, huh, and we're going to place ourselves in God's word. We're going to participate in it. That's the beautiful thing about Pentecost. About what we call apostolic. This is a participation right. covenant. Yes. Mm-hmm. God is fully vested in it. And we play a role in our participation of it. Right? Okay. Okay. So what we're going to see is how praise, in a moment of need, of time, and of deliverance, they worshipped. And so God is still here, and he's just getting started. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand for a second. And we're going to practice this once. (laughs) And then I'll explain it, and then we'll get into the word. Is he worthy of our worship? Has anyone felt his presence here already? He's still here and he's still moving. And so I would say, why don't we just thank him for what he's already done, what he's already been uh, put into motion. God, we love you and we praise you and we, we give you all the glory and all the honor. Lord, I glorify you. I magnify you, Jesus. There's something to it about elevating you, God. You are worthy. And so with everything within me, God, I'm going to bless your holy name. I'm going to bless you, Jesus. I worship you. You are my king. You are my Lord. You are my savior and my deliverer. It's who you are, Jesus. You are my chain breaker. And I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. Amen. Oh, Jesus. So, so, what we just did is we gave opportunity for everyone to be alone with God. Go ahead. You can sit down for a second. If I, oh, Jesus. When we're in that moment, in that place, when we realize. Just how lost we really are without Him. Just how much this sinful man needs the blood of Calvary. Just how much we need that redemption and that kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ. It ought to always take us to that moment of worship. God, you are always worthy. It wasn't just when I came to know Christ and was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank God that I'm saved. Thank God that, Lord, I responded and that you've saved me. Hmm. And so those faith triggers. Hmm. When you focus on God, and you're not worried about what the person next to you is doing or saying. And we're just glorifying and magnifying God. And, and, and let me really get real here. It's okay because some people, listen, what have we got, 120 people here? We're all at different places. We're all at different stages of our walk with God. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but being that we're all at different places, and if we're honest, some of us are just going to get right into it and get a hold of God. And some of us are going to struggle. Some of us. You may struggle a little bit, may not be as familiar with this, right? And so those of us who can get in that place, we're just given an opportunity for those who may stumble a little bit in the process. But it gives everyone the opportunity. No one's watching, no one's paying attention. It's just you and it's God. All right, so if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 107. Oh God, let your word speak this morning. Your word, O oh Lord, is truth. Your word, O oh Lord, sanctifies. Your word sets us free. Your word is a lamp. It is a light and Lord, illuminate on all of us this morning, Jesus. No matter where we're at, one thing is for certain. We all need a little bit more of you, Jesus. Mm. Oh, in your mighty name, Jesus. Let you increase, and Lord, how about I decrease? Hmm. Psalms 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. <laughs> he is good. He's already good. He already set everything in motion for your every need, whether it be healing, whether it be deliverance, whether it be being born again, life, and that more abundantly, whatever it may be, he's already done it. He's already set it in motion. Oh, let's give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. He is good? Ha, steadfast in love, unchangeable mercy. It's covenant. It's his portion of covenant. Like I spoke this morning, it's a done deal. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He tells us this in his word. He is God and he changes not. He's right there as close, yes, as the mention of his name. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Oh God, these are your words, Jesus. So let faith continue to rise in the house. This is a place of faith. Let's get that established right here, right now. So even if you came in here unconvinced, how about we play the role for just a little while? What does that mean? When you walked into these doors, this is a place of faith. And even if you're not convinced, how about you just buy into it and try it? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm not talking about faking it, but there is scripture that tells us, play the role of men, even when you don't feel like it, and wait and see what the Lord does. So this is a place of faith. I'm going to speak words of faith. I'm going to speak the word of God. All of this is going to be the word of God. Amen. God, have your will and have your way. Let there be liberty in the house this morning, Jesus. Verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. God is always worthy. We always give thanks to God. This is, we're establishing this at the very beginning. Before you and I even exist, God had already established this. That his mercy endureth forever. Before you needed it, before I needed it. Amen? So let the redeemed... Are you redeemed? Are there redeemed in the house? Let the redeemed of the Lord say, so. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as a title, because they give titles, it's just the word of God. We're just going to see what God tells us and has for man in Psalms 107. But as a title, I tried to use a play on words. I hope it works. For man. Is it, is it up there? Probably not. For as in F-O-U-R. 4 Man. doesn't make sense, but it's a play on words. We're going to see four examples of man in need in Psalms 107. And we'll walk through it. Perhaps you'll find yourself relating to one of these examples. Maybe all of them. The good thing is there's a heading, and it's talking about God's redemptive power. Uh And his his deliverance from storms is talking about this sovereignty of God, whose name is Jesus. So, verse 3, and gathered them out of the lands. This is what he's done. From God's perspective, this has already happened. He is already good. His mercy endures forever. The redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Verse 3, and gathered them out of the lands from the east, from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. Reminds me, of a verse in Acts on the day of Pentecost when God changed everything and he poured out his spirit upon man. He filled man with his spirit. He redeemed man. It's after Calvary. And there, and, and Peter said, This promises unto you, unto your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That is all encompassing. That means God is not a respecter of persons. We know this from his word. And so from the north to the south to the east to the west, this covers us all. This principle of God's word is for all of us. It's for you. Say that. It's for me. It's for me. Look at your neighbor. Practice. And say it with conviction. This is for me. And it's true. Thank you. And here we go. Man number one in verse four. This is what God had already done. Verse 4, we get the first example. They wandered. Now, King James says they. Some other renderings would say, some wandered in desert wastes. Perhaps some of us remember those moments in those times. And I would say if we're all honest, if we're all honest and really open up our heart to get a little bit of a a truthful sight of it, (laughs) the great physician is here today. It may not feel good. It won't, no, it won't feel good. It's not in our nature to do so. I'm not going back to Genesis, but I'll refer back to it. From the very beginning, do you realize that, that Adam and Eve were completely comfortable with each other until there was something wrong, and then they were Shameful. Once there was sin, there was shame. If there's something we, if we're not comfortable exposing, it's because something is wrong. It's called sin. It means we've stepped out of the will of God. Oh. It's going to take a little bit of faith. You're going to have to expose yourself just a little bit. Not to me, but to God. And you know what? What we will find, this is truth, the more we expose, God is—he can always go a little bit deeper. He can shine a little bit more light. And he'll continue to make us, don't take this wrong, but more like him. We're made in his image. That's what his word says. And we're going to reflect more and more so as we expose more of the heart to him and he reaches in and heals. We will reflect him more and more. It's part of the next step processes. Okay, so, some wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Does anyone ever remember being there? Out there wandering aimlessly through life. Nothing was filling or fulfilling and satisfying. If we're honest, we've all experienced it, and maybe even some of us are experiencing it right now. It all feels good and jointed in here. Why? Because you're in the presence of God. We're distracted from the world right now. God's moving in a mighty way and everything feels right right now. That's because he's ministering. That's because his spirit's here and he's moving and he's stirring some things. But if we're honest, just remember just maybe even a few moments back, maybe an hour or two ago, maybe even some of us struggled to get out of the house without World War III breaking out. I know, because we've been there. (laughs) Let's be real. Let's just be real here. If we're not real with God, there's never the opportunity to repent. And there's never then the opportunity to be healed. So they wandered in a solitary way. They weren't joined. They were not joined. All directions, all lands. Some wandered. No part of a body of people. This is the body of Christ. When when you're born again, you're part of the body of Christ. We are all here participating on a Sunday morning in united worship as the body of Christ. You're a part of something. But there was a time when it wasn't the case. And so this is the state of this man. He's, he's, He's a loner. He's Oh, what's the word? Autonomous. And the autonomous man is the most dangerous man. He's a danger to himself and to others. It's true. In that state, in verse 5, we find ourselves to be hungry, hungering and thirsting, and their soul fainteth in them. We reach for all kinds of things. We place, yes, our time, our talents and our treasures and we chase after a great many things trying to find happiness. And if we're honest, we all find ourselves in those moments. Perhaps we remember those times and it's empty and it's void, it's without. And then you come to verse 6. There's an answer. There's a pattern that we'll see. In that moment and in that place, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. This is the God we serve. His pattern does not change. No matter what the moment, no matter where we find ourselves, a simple cry from the heart unto God, God responds immediately. If you find yourself in a place of wandering, the answer is crying unto God. Amen. Oh, that sounds too simple. Well, it's always simple, it's just never easy. The word of God is actually pretty simple, but it's never easy. Because this, we don't want to expose that. And it do not feel good. This is where I say, it's not going to feel better before it gets better. But it will get better. (laughs) I've got an example, but I don't got time. You go to the hospital. You're in pain. They put a shot into your toe because it's an inch shorter than what it's supposed to be because you jammed it into basketball practice. It didn't even hurt. It was just numb. It felt wrong. I've never felt pain like when they put that gallon, no, 50 gallons. It felt like a 50-gallon barrel they were injecting into my toe, And I'm not kidding. It didn't even hurt. I'm like, what are you doing? That hurts. <laughs> it hurts. And then he just popped it right out. I'm like... Why would you make me go through the pain just to do that? And he's, the doctor says, because if, if I hadn't numbed it, it would have really hurt. <laughs> think about that for a second. But it's not going to get, not going to feel better before it gets better, but it will get better. Because he is faithful. He is faithful. Because uh, we give thanks to him for his, he is good and his mercy endures forever. Verse 8, he led them forth. As a response of crying out, he led them forth by the right way. Everyone say right way. that, uh, That they might go to a city of habitation. That they would be part of something when they were not before. It's what God does. He makes you part of the body of Christ. Why? So that you can be fitly joined together. So that you're not alone, you're not a loner, you're not autonomous, but you're part of something. God brought us out of something and into something. Why? Because it will keep you, it will grow you. And yes, dare I say, there'll be some discipline involved, self-discipline, and accountability. It's God's design. And then, that's the result of it, and then the the final part of the first example is, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wondrous works to the children of men. You know what's beautiful about it? God robed himself in flesh. The Bible refers to him also as the son of man. You know why that is? Because the word redeem there, it means kinsman, redeemer. He took on flesh. To be just like you and just like me. Part of the human family, the the natural family. He did this so that he could redeem us. Oh. And so this brings us to the end of part one of four. We've got the example of what God does. And so I'm going to ask everyone as we practice one more time. If God, if, matter of fact, hmm, I I don't want 100% participation in this. I only want those who God has brought you out of wandering desert places. And then also those who are in those desert wandering places. Because something happened. And if you're not in one of those two groups, (laughs) you can just stay seated. But if we're honest, that covers all of us. And so in a moment of faith, in a house of faith, if God's redeemed you, I'm going to ask you to join me in worship all that, hmm, what does the scripture say? All that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wondrous works to the children of men. God, you are my savior. You are my deliverer. And yes, I bless you. As we already sang, you broke the chains. You smashed them, Jesus. You've delivered and you brought us to a place of life and that more abundantly. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Mm. Uh, But God's word, God's word. uh, it's, it, it, it transcends borders. It, it covers all aspects. Yes. Oh, yes, God, God's word is for you. It speaks to where you are. You may be seated. It speaks to where you're at right now. It's. Mm. It covers from the north to the south, the east of the west, all mankind, and even you. No. Nope. And don't think... Let let me just stop here and and speak to it. Don't think that you are great enough to get out of the reach of God. Hmm. There's nothing you could do that would place you out of the reach of God. His arm is outstretched still. If you're breathing, His blood can cover you. If you're breathing, His grace is enough. God. Number two, verse number ten. Some sat in darkness, in the shadow of death, being bound by affliction and iron. It's sad, but it's true. And I'll speak to it. There are those of us who God has brought out of those desolate places, and yet we still feel bound and afflicted. Right, so I'm going to be honest here. <laughs> but the pattern's there. And He's here. So, regardless of what your perspective is, regardless of what the adversary says, regardless of the labels that have been placed on you, whether you've bought into them or not, Hmm. being bound in affliction and iron. When when, when God robed himself in flesh, and when he hung on that cross, after he had become sin, to redeem us sinners... He who knew no sin became sin. What's the wages of sin? His word says the wages of sin is death. The very moment when he was in the garden, when, when, that, when the Son of Man had a moment that he said to the Spirit, if it be cup possible, let this cup pass over me without even a pause. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Because he was about to become sin. And in that moment that he became sin. He was at the mercy, oh, let this challenge your theology, he was at the mercy of the God of this world and death. So what he went through, not only on a physical level, as he's crossing over from eternity and reaching into this realm of what we'll call reality or or where we see things and touch things and feel things. As he's crossing over through Calvary, feeling the pain of being whipped, having his flesh shredded beyond recognition, at the same time, he's taking on all the weight of all the sin of all mankind for all of time. And let's just be honest, we really can't fathom that, but it's happening at the same time. And he knew he was about to take this upon him as soon as he submitted to it. And just for a quick glimpse, it speaks of the power of submission. Because opening up this heart and exposing and being real with God at the same time says I've got to place myself in submission to him. And I have to trust in him. And the power of submission changed the course of the entire world through Jesus Christ. And the power of your submission, huh, it will be the catalyst for the chains breaking. It will be what triggers mm-hmm, ah, your healing. healing. It will be what triggers your deliverance from your affliction and breaks that iron. Now, verse 11, they found themselves there. Man number two found himself there because they rebelled against the words of God and contended or contemned the counsel of the Most High. I doesn't love the, about the word. It doesn't, doesn't just leave you there, but it gives you the depth of why, how you got there. If we know how we got there, then we know how we need to get back into God's presence. Amen. Contended means to scorn, abhor, despise, provoking, giving to occasion to. Given occasion to. So this is where I say, if you're on the fence, And even even if you're playing the role, continue to play the role. Play that role. You're going to taste and you're going to see that God is good. He will show himself to be real. And he will move in a mighty way. And when God breaks forth, (laughs) it's always good. It's taking the word and applying the word. He said in his word, and whether I feel it or not, whether I believe it or not, I'm going to apply his word. Right. We'll come back to that. Because whether you believe it or not and you apply his word, guess what? You'll still reap of his word. Right. That's right. It's true. Hmm. Verse 12, Therefore, therefore, the result, therefore he brought down their heart, with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. That's perspective, but that's also the sovereign hand of God. It's free will and choice. God will not supersede your free will. God will not make you do anything. You won't do it. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. God's not about to do that. God knows what works. In the words of DC Talk, Some people got to learn the hard way. I guess I'm the kind of guy who has to find out for myself. But it works. It's brutal, but it works. I didn't sound good enough for my daughter. (laughs) It's brutal. That's all right. She says, last time I heard, I'm I'm her favorite preacher. We'll go with that. (laughs) It's brutal, but it works. God will let us make the mistakes. God will let us deny him. God will let us resist that grace that has gone before us and comes behind us with his hand upon us. Like I always say, sorry, it's like bubble boy. You're wrapped in grace, but you can resist it right up to your dying breath. And he will let you do it. And guess what? In the process, we reap a great many things that we've sown. And it's a principle of God's word, and he's bound to it. And so that's why verse 12 happens. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. Why? It's his word. You will reap what you sow. But there's good news. (laughs) And there's a pattern that doesn't change. It's the same pattern. They did the same thing. Verse thirteen echoes verse six. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them. Ah! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distress. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. You realize God has the ability to do that. He could make the sunshine come out right now. There wouldn't be much value in it, but there's a whole lot of value when you cry unto the Lord and plant a little bit of good seed. and he turns around and he touches the storm in your life. In this particular moment, he breaks those bonds of iron. Ha! He gives you a new name, He gives you a new identity, a new walk of life to walk in. ha ha ha. ha, ha and to redefine you. This is the word of God. This is what sanctification does. This is what it looks like. Amen. He brought them out of darkness, and the shadow of death, in verse 14, and break their bands asunder. What was the trigger? When they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them. You realize, it's only two of four examples but if you cry unto the Lord in your distress, he will hear you and save you. Amen. 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 Oh, Jesus. Amen. And it brings us to verse 15. And so, once again, I'm going to ask not everyone participate. Just those who've experienced this already, and perhaps those who need to experience it this morning. If you would go ahead, and if God has been so good to you, and if you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, would you go ahead and stand and worship and bless him yet one more time for what he's already done, for what he's set in motion? He is always worthy. He is up and, he's hearing every word of it right now, right on his throne. And he's responding even right here, right now. Thank you, Jesus. You are great and mighty to save, to heal and deliver. God, you are awesome, Jesus. Our healer, our deliverer, our strong power, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Is this all right? (laughs) Halfway done. A little more than halfway. I, I I just really believe the word of God. I really really do. And this is what he said. So if there is a God and there is, then this is truth. And it is. And it's sanctifying. And it is. It sheds light on dark in darkness. It does. It shows us the path. It <laughs> All right. See, something is happening, I've got to point this out. The response that we see in verse 6 and verse 13, there's something that's happening. We're seeing, we're remembering, we're believing. It's like David encouraging himself in the Lord. What he's doing is he's looking back and remembering what God has done already. And if God, if I, it, from David's perspective, if God delivered me then, he's going to deliver me now. So let me just speak to someone a little different here because life has a way of grabbing a hold of us as soon as we walk out those doors. Has a way of just beating us up, kicking us down and stomping on us and everything else. But if God was faithful already, (laughs) he will be faithful again. And if it worked last time, it's going to work this time. And if all that men would praise the Lord everywhere, (laughs) Your praise oh. in Amen. faith, it moves things and changes things and it snatches the attention of God. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Number three, verse, thir- verse 17. King James reads, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquity, are afflicted. So let's quote an- another rendering. Some were fools or some are fools because of their transgression, because of their iniquities and are afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of meat and they draw near unto the gates of death. Now, now I got to hit on this for just a moment. Now, let's keep reading. 19 does say they cry and the Lord will come back to that in their trouble and he saveth them out of their distress. Verse 20 gives an explanation. He sent his word. Everyone say his word. I'm speaking his word this morning. I may or may not be anointed, but this word is always anointed. I may or may not always speak the truth, but I'm trying to only speak the word, and thy word, O Lord, is truth. This is the truth. So even if the vessel's tainted, (laughs) And it may be. Even if it is, the word is never tainted. And you can take it, and you can apply it, and it will yield its effect. Amen. You can plant that seed of faith, and it will, you will reap that seed you've sown. Amen. So it was his word. It was his word. And so the third man, the third man This one concerns me a little bit. Some were fools. They were foolish. They were in their own way. Their own way. And if, if you remember, remember back with me. Perhaps you remember when you were living life according to your own way. That, that's what the foolish did. They didn't know any better. They, they were, their way was the right way. It was the only way. They were unfamiliar with God's way. When when we're not familiar with his word, if you don't know God's word, how would you know what to do according to God's point of view? Right? Right? Right. It's foolishness. And and the word even tells us that God's ways are above our ways, his thoughts are above our thoughts. The wisdom of God is like foolishness to men. I'm going to trust his way. (laughs) Because it works. And so from the foolish point of view, from our own way, hmm, their own view of God, it's tainted. There's a tell with this one. And maybe you've heard this. Or maybe you've heard me speak of it. And every time I hear it, it just snatches up my attention. You ever heard someone say, well, I don't think God would do that. Or I don't think God really is that concerned with this. (laughs) His grace covers it all. As soon as I hear that term, I don't think if you ever take anything I ever say, take this. I'll use myself as an example. What I think is contrary to what he thinks. If you go with that, you'll be golden. Just accept it. Young people, accept it. Your way of thinking, oh, I came across a letter. I was unpackaging my office and putting it together yesterday. And so I came across all these old letters and there was a Mother's Day card. And I opened it up and there it said it, Mom, you were right. <laughs> God, Oh, you were always right. My way and my thoughts, oh my. They just got me in a hot mess. And so when I hear that, it's a trigger. No, God's way is the right way. He's pretty smart. He knows what he's doing. He's been around a long time. He kind of designed everything. He designed you and me. He knows the owner's manual inside and out. It's his word. He knows. So, what I would suggest if you catch yourself saying, I think God, or I don't think God, dig into this word, and you will see what God thinks. You will know what pleases Him. There will be no question about it, and it will yield fruit. Amen. Gotta move. Where are we at? Verse 19. The remedy. They cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. Why? Because God is good. God is faithful. And it's what God does. It is what he does. Brings us to verse 21. The third time. And it's exactly the same. All that men... Would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wondrous works to the children of men. So let's mix it up a little bit. If you're a child of man, how about we just stand for a moment and we praise the Lord for his goodness, for his grace for what he has done and what he's continuing to do. Would you do that with me yet one more time? It's right in the pattern of Scripture. And so, yes, one more time, God, we are exalting you and blessing you, magnifying, because you are great. You are mighty to save, to heal, and deliver. Regardless of where I am at, what I'm going through, Lord, you are greater than that. Your arm is outstretched still, and Lord, in faith, I'm reaching for it. In faith, right now, in an exercise of faith, participating in this, I'm speaking it in your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Ah. One more time, you may be seated. Verse 22, and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing verse 23 starts the fourth and final man perhaps you will identify this at some point in your past or maybe even your present but I'll speak in faith it's not your future because none of this none of these men one, two, three, or four is your lot in life hmm all across, once again, from the north to the south, to the east, to the west, encompassing all this, all of us, God wants to heal you, God wants to deliver you, God wants to grow you and increase you in this place of faith as part of this body of Christ, amen, so here we go, the home stretch. Never even looked at what time it was, so I have no idea. (laughs) They that go down to the sea, in verse 23, in ships and do business in great waters. Great waters. (laughs) These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven and they go down again to the depths, and we'll pause right there. It's speaking of those who seem like they've got it all together. Even the psalmist wrote in Psalm 73 I looked at the prosperity of the wicked. And it almost caused me to stumble. Anyone ever identify with that? Are you kidding me, God? I'm giving my life to you. And yet my lot in life seems to be to fight and war for every little inch. And I look out there and say, go ahead and turn to Psalm 73. We'll we'll do it because it's, Psalm 73 and one, truly God is good to Israel. Even so, such are the of clean heart. Verse two, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. You know why? You know why there's prosperity there? Because God is real. And because God's principles are real. Even the very principles of the word I'm speaking are real. If you will take them to heart, and if you will go ahead and plant those seeds and expose yourself a little bit to God, it's going to yield fruit in your life. So whether you're a believer or not, whether you're righteous or you're wicked, God's principles still apply. Think of it. Isaac Newton, the third law of motion. Every action has an opposite, equal and opposite reaction, right? Do you realize Newton was a student of God's word? Do you realize Newton plagiarized the word of God? It's true. God's word be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Jesus, the the, the Gospels are filled with the examples of sowing and reaping. Why? Because it's a principle of God's. And God's principles and word works. It'll work in here, it'll work out there. And so the psalmist is saying, I saw even the prosperity of the wicked and it almost caused me to stumble and fall for there are no bands in their death but their strength is firm. It seemed like everything was perfect and right. They are not in trouble as other men or perhaps like me. Hmm. Neither are they plagued like other men. Verse 7, their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. It seems like they're overflowing. Hmm. Verse 13, Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. The psalmist is saying, I've almost fallen. I was almost at the point because it didn't seem just and fair. For all the day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. Verse 16, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. So come on. Four examples. I'm sure it covers all of us this morning. But God's word is true. Oh, God's word is true. He is so real. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then... I understood their end. Now, don't think that God's brutal. He's not. But he's bound by his word. And yes, an action is going to cause a reaction. Yes, there will be sowing and reaping. Surely thou didst set them on slippery places. Hmm, thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation? As in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors. Now, we'll link that back to where we end up in Psalms 107. But I got to just say, verse 23, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. And I'll add, he's continually with you. So no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what the doubt may be, no matter what the struggle may be, uh, no matter if we're in a good place with God right now, or something's coming down the road, a trial, a tribulation, The answer is always the same. The catalyst does not change. God's word is immutable and unchangeable. And you can write yourself into it. And you can plant these seeds of faith. You can apply yourself to the faith trigger. It's true. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Verse 27 of 107. They reel to and fro. Now we've got to start with 26. It sounded so good, but their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. You see, perspective does become reality. It may seem like it's better on the other side. It may seem like the grass is greener next door. It may seem like out there is better or some people have it all together but perspective. Huh. Don't buy into the facade. What's real is right here. <laughs> God's word is real. His spirit is real, powerful. Verse 28, and they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringeth them out of their distress. Even, huh, even when it seems like, you know what? You could even say, oh, if I could just be like, pastor cordal or pastor kylie they've got it together can i just tell you something you're doing a whole lot better than what you think you are you're here you're hearing god's word huh. mm. he's already redeemed you he's already authored it you just got to participate in it it's true Hmm. So when they cried unto the Lord, verse 29, he maketh the storm to calm. I'm going to blow through this real quick because we'll see it three times. The sovereignty of God. He maketh the storm calm so that the waves thereof are still. In a storm, got a storm in your life? Got to calm it. Then they are glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men! we'll come back to it. We'll skip 31. (laughs) We'll finish there. I almost lost it. 33. He turneth rivers into wilderness. Now this is the sovereignty of God. He'll let you walk through it. He'll let you learn the hard way. So he turneth rivers into wilderness and waters into dry ground and fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He'll let us walk that way if that's the choice we make. But verse 35, he turned the wilderness into standing water, dry ground into water springs. He can do that. God wants to do that. And you can participate in it. Or we can go the other route. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation. And sow in the fields and plant vineyards, which may yield fruit, Of increase. This is still the blessing. He blessed them also so that they are multiplied greatly and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. But again, here we go. Again, you could go the other route. Again, they are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes and causeth them to wander into wilderness where there is no way. Or, choice is yours. Yet setteth he the poor on high from, from affliction. Stand with me if you would. A sovereign God that we serve with a little bit of praise from your mouth, a little bit of, partition, of participation, and dare I say, invoking this principle of God's. God is capable. God wants to, and he will take you Ah, and set you on high out of the reach of your affliction, and maketh him families like a flock, brings them into something to be a part of something. We call it the church, the family of God. The the righteous shall, shall see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Oh, it'll chase after you. It'll yell and scream for you. We have an adversary that'll never give up. But God can elevate you. God wants to. He will. Amen. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, we would be wise to observe these things. Oh, God, that we would observe your word. Even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord so we're gonna go right back to where we left off I'm gonna ask the musicians to come I didn't have time to look at this service layout the songs that were sung the breaking of chains but this is what it's all about there's deliverance in the house this morning There's power and dominion and authority in the house this morning. And we practice it, yeah, three and a half times, but one more time as we open this altar, the pattern is still there four times for those of us who take a little bit to get it through our heads or maybe take a little bit extra to get it through our heart. You know what I say, three is the limitation of man, but we have four examples here. (laughs) I think God's just saying, this is this real, and you really need to get this. So one more time, and we'll open the altar with this. Matter of fact, we'll open the altar right now, because we're going to invoke this faith trigger. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast.